want to go into the football talk now? Or you want to keep avoiding it? The football talk. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do the intro yet. Yeah. <laughs> so we haven't started the football talk. This is just a longer warm-up than usual. <laughs> hey, this is Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. It's the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers. I'm Mike Fleischman. That's Matt Mellemsetter. Hey. We are coming to you from the beautiful Loop Studios of Radio DePaul Sports. This is episode number 29, I do believe, and we are avoiding talking about the Green Bay Packers lost to the Detroit Lions back last Sunday. The final score was uh, 31 to nothing in favor of the Detroit Lions. Green Bay Packers season comes to an end with that loss. No playoffs. The NFC North has ended up in a very different situation than we thought it might from the get-go. Except for maybe the Detroit Lions, who I had pegged at yeah. about six and ten. Yeah, <laughs> they're a, a pretty safe bet to be six and ten most years. Yes, yeah. that is just as you can you can bet on the Dallas Cowboys being eight and eight. Yeah. at all times. Eight and eight, nine and seven. Um, uh, Green Bay finishes the season six, nine and one, with a a five two and one record at home, which is to me one of the strangest things is that this team at Lambeau Field was pretty good. Yeah. And this team on the road was absolutely on fire. Just atrocious. It was in overtime away from being 0 and 8 on the road this year. Yeah, and that's that's kind of where I where I wanted to start. I recorded a a piecemeal episode 28 mm-hmm. just the as I got home from the grocery store before the Lions game started. Yeah. Because I could not I just could not let a week go by with I could not let the game kick off yeah. without there being a cheeseheads in Chicago land for the last week. So that was sort of my disorganized thoughts on the Jets game. My thoughts were as follows. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. No. Uh, fuck. Yeah. The the Jets. Yeah. The Jets wanted to lose the game more than the Packers wanted to lose the game. Yeah. Jets tried really hard to lose that game. Oh, they they put, they put like, effort into that losing that game. That was a full game plan. Yeah. Was to lose that game. Yeah. Uh, you do not lose a game at home to a team that is currently as bad as the the Packers were to finish this season without without really putting some effort into it. Uh, 16 penalties for something like 172 yards. Yeah. In it's that a whole game. third offense. Yeah. There's a third team playing <laughs> and they had a great offense. That, that was, it was just one of those appalling games. Yeah. It just atrocious until the last play. The last play was fun and nice and that's great yep. and it made me feel good. Um, but a terrible game. And I think I think why I wanted to start with that game one just because I wanted your your thoughts on I wanted your thoughts on wax sure. about it because because uh, no, more people than me should should express their agony <laughs> about uh, a win against the Jets <laughs> in that situation, but also I think that win is what creates in that locker room sort of the the confidence and almost the arrogance to go into a meaningless game at Lambeau Field just, against another team that is playing for nothing. And then just roll over. And roll out <laughs> and roll out the starters and then also roll over. Yeah. That that to me was of course by starters we're not talking about like most of the defense yeah. or half the offensive eight line. Of, by starters defense. I mean Devontae Adams it was gone. Yeah. <clears throat> but by starters I mean Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Coming out and to play in this game and immediately getting concussed and having to leave after three series. Yeah. Well, concussed on the second play of the yep. game doesn't leave until the third series, um, which is now 
this happened with Randall Cobb in Chicago as well, where he was concussed, stayed on the field for the next couple plays, and then left. Um, so I don't want to say maybe Green Bay should check uh, players for concussions better, but uh, I think there was a third player as well, reported by Jim Oswarski of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Yeah, that's the that's their that's newspaper. their newspaper. Um, I think he's on the Packers beats. I remember him seeing a tweet about it the other day. Um, the, in the Chicago game, there's two guys with concussions who are not immediately removed. Aaron Rodgers makes it three in the last few weeks. Um, check for concussions better, but yeah, no Jets game. <sighs> I don't. Yeah, there's not much to say about it other than I can talk about the Jets in the, in the way of like. The Jets are very bad. Their Todd Bowles is going to get very fired. The team doesn't seem to want to play for him. Uh, Sam Darnold looks like he could be something. Looks like he could be something. Yeah. He's a he's a pocket passer. He can throw it. He can throw that mid range tight spiral very accurately. Yeah, which is to me, I think one of the things that that quarterback should be prized on a little bit more. He's very decisive. Yeah. Uh, of course, the Packers do not feature a pass rush. No this year so he had a lot of clean pockets to yeah. work with the Packers defense doesn't do do one of those key defensive things that that teams are supposed to do but Darnold is a very deliberate player who seemed to be making very good decisions as to where he wants to put the ball and he's got a couple of receivers that are that are real players yeah Robbie Anderson's pretty good uh he had nine receptions 140 yards and a touchdown he's quick as heck um he can be a burner over the top. He's got strong hands. Uh, their tight end, yep, had a few just ridiculous catches. Chris Herndon um, had a ridiculous catch over the middle to start the game. Um, I like him. The one-handed thing. He's he's real good. Um, but no, the Jets are just in general a pretty terrible team in every position grouping, in every way, in every kind of possibility outside of Sam Darnold, the Jets are pretty bad. Yeah, it's there's not a lot of bright spots on the team. They still managed to put up 38 points led for a lot of this game. Darnold also goofy looking. Yeah, goofy looking guy. Just pulled up a picture Stafford-esque. of Stafford-esque. Yeah, just a, a, he's got a block head. <laughs> he's just got a brick for a he's head. Made he's made out of jaw. He's younger than me. <laughs> How does... <laughs> He's almost a full year younger than me. He looks forty. It's horrifying. Yeah. Uh, he looks like he looks like an old Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> Who just got out of bed? Yeah. Who just got out of bed. His hair is all messed up. Um. No, the Jets game was fun to watch the ending of, and painful to watch the first four quarters of. Yeah. That's it. And. Then the Lions game was a continuation of the beginning of the Jets game in that, like, I mean, here we go. We're not going to see Joe Philbin on the sidelines of of Green Bay or any other team ever again because uh, he was given three meaningless games, pulled out. uh, Did nothing with them. Yeah, pulled out absolutely nothing. Um both of these teams were playing for nothing on Sunday. The Lions yeah. are playing for absolutely nothing. They have they have a head coach who is being, whether deservedly or not, completely savaged in the media. Yeah. 
Um, I think deservingly. Yeah, probably deservingly. I, that's the thing. I don't. I don't deign to know like what is actually going on. But you have like random beat writers for other NFL teams coming out and saying like Matt Patricia doesn't respect our time. Yeah, he he's late to all of the press briefings. He's late to everything for the team too. Yeah, and that's and then the team has come out and said like you know he doesn't respect our time as well. And that to me is like, well, I'm I'm captain punctual. It's a thing I do. But, like, even people who are less punctual than me, like, are still, are still, like, more punctual than that. Yeah. I try. I try sure, really yeah. hard to be punctual. Oh, yeah. It just doesn't work out all the time. And, like, people who aren't, people who are not as punctual as me, like, it's not, I don't make it into a moral failing. Yeah. Very often. But when, like, everyone on Earth is coming <laughs> out and saying, like. It's a moral failing. Like, yeah, this guy <laughs> can't make his own team meetings. Like, What? Like, what are you doing? Why? This is, like, your only thing. That's his, your, that's his job. Like, if you're an NFL head coach, like, the team meetings is priority number one. Like, you scheduled them. Yeah. You, <laughs> you said that this is the time yeah. that worked for you. Yeah. You said that this was the time that you wanted them to be, and so then you're not there. So an odd situation coming in and that, and here's the thing about the Lions is that they have really gotten themselves all the way up for a couple of games this year. Yeah. They beat the snot out of the Patriots. What? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they came in in a meaningless game this Sunday and beat the absolute snot out of the Packers. Yeah. Just knocked our socks off. And then have looked also like a team that lost 10 games this year. Yeah. So what the heck are they? Green Bay, meanwhile, very much a similar story. Yeah. What the heck are they in that? You know, first of all, I, I guess I, I asked the question a while back, like, all right, so the games are meaningless now. Like, do you want to start shutting people down? Like, is it Kaiser time? And, like, I guess the concussion to Rodgers and the fact that, like, Rodgers seemed to think for the last three weeks that he was in charge. Yeah. Especially when Philbin got involved. Like, it was Rodgers saying, well, I'm making the decision and I'm going to start. Yeah. Like, no. Other people. Uh, no, that that's decision. other people's decision. Yeah. And I, that still seems to be a problem that he has where it's like he's he's kind of he's he's calling his shots. He's setting the depth chart. Yeah. And like someone else needs to at least pretend that he's not. Yeah. I really, for the most part, actually had no problem with him being like, I want to play. I'm playing these last three games, especially because like how much flack he's gotten in the media for being a bad leader sure and for not and and i i think a completely undeserved b i think completely not true i think we've seen time and time again that aaron Rodgers is a quality leader and is a guy that gets his teams to play hard and um down to the last final second people are always listening to him um you don't have to be a vocal leader and a screaming on the sidelines type of guy um to be considered a leader. Uh, yeah. I think in, in, I mean, that, it, that's a race thing that we can get into another time. It's uh-huh. that like Tom Brady screams at people on the sidelines. It's cool. He's a leader. Odell Beckham Jr. Does it. He's a diva. Yeah. Ocho Seco does it. And, 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 and he needs to be off the team. And it's, un- I don't have a problem with, I want to play yeah. from Aaron Rodgers. I have a problem that nobody else is like, but you shouldn't. Yeah, Sure. Because this is like this is this is your guy that you invested, you know, eight thousand million dollars yeah. into. You know, the contract they gave him was was good and big, huge. Like this is, it's not a it's not a play in meaningless game 
I mean, this game, this game had less importance to it than preseason games. Yeah. Yeah. So the difference isn't I want to play. Like, of course you want to play. Yeah. I we get, get that. We get that. You should want to play. If yeah. you didn't want to play, we'd have questions. I'm calling out not so much Rodgers, but the idea that no one else was like, but you sh- you're not going you, to. Your knee, we thought you had a torn ACL. You should yeah, not play. Yeah, you're not going to play. Yeah. That, to me, is like, that's that's Philbin's problem. That's, that is why this coaching search matters so much, yeah. is it, that it needs to reset the balance of, like, not so much who wants to play, but who's going to and who is going to who is going to be the final call on those decisions and i really think that like i think that some of the problems with the team this year is that the actual decision making of who does what and who makes what call got Mm -hmm. completely lost yeah yeah it really did and i mean part of that i think has a little bit to do with kind of the restructuring of the power structure in Green Bay. So, like, everybody kind of answers to Mark Murphy now. And it's, like, both Gutkunst and the head coach are on the same plane. Like, the head coach doesn't answer to Gutkunst and Gutkunst goes up to Murphy. It's everybody goes to Murphy. Um, But also, I mean, having an interim head coach is going to bring kind of some issues. And it's just a frustrating end to the year. It is. It's a I really like to see... painful closing it, it, it's hard to be optimistic after this and know that things can only go up. I would have liked to see some good football. Yeah, would have loved to see some good football instead of bad football. Yeah. But instead, we got terrible football. We got the worst kind of football that I actually would have preferred it wasn't football. It, it was appalling. It, at times, I, I thought that this was a basketball team on the field. I thought it was the Milwaukee Bucks. They seemed, on they seemed the very confused. They didn't know what sport they were playing. It was very sad. I saw some positives in Deshaun Kaiser. He's quick. He's moving well. Um, yeah, we said at the beginning of the year, of course, Kaiser is brought in as a project. Yeah, and he still is. Very oh much, boy, still is very much a project. You know, I, I think it was a matter of like when he got into when he got into the second half. Yeah, he at least looked more composed. Yeah, you know, I remember his play in the Bears game. He was just trying to uh, trying to do everything. Yeah, and and that's that's where a young quarterback ends up making mistakes. Yep. He looked a little bit more in, in rhythm in the second half, but if you think that he's anything other than a long-term development project, you know, a matter of like, like I don't even, I wouldn't even consider like if he has, has chances to play next year and is poor, Yeah, I still don't care. No. He's, you know, this he's is like a guy 22 like, years old. Yeah. When like, he's 25 and 26 and not ready to start in the NFL, that yeah. is another question, but... Yeah, right now the fact that he's a mess doesn't bother me very much. Yeah, no, because he was he was coming in was supposed should have taken another year or two in college. Yeah, it's like he's a long ways off. Uh, but there were some flashes of he's got ridiculous arm strength. He moves very well in the pocket. Uh, we saw him pick up a few of kind of the signature Aaron Rodgers pocket moves and scrambling out, putting that ball out with the left hand and. Picking up the first down is good in spurts, um, but he didn't have a lot to work with, especially with that rec- with the receiving core. No EQ, no Devontae. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah there's there not, not a lot out there. And, and you know when it's very much like when the defense brings in Eddie Pleasant. Like, yeah. 
no offense to you, Eddie Pleasant, no offense to you, Alan Lazard, but when, when you're on the field yeah, and you were in fact not even you were in on, the building yeah. last month, yeah, like that says, that says something about where the team is at right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. The team is, the team has been crucified. The team is, is, I mean, like, when a major loss to your receiving core is the fact that EQ St. Brown yeah. is not playing. Yeah. You have bigger problems than the fact that EQ St. Brown is not playing. Yeah, no, exactly. It's, I mean, like eight defensive starters were out. Ugh. Like, <laughs> there's no, it, this team is, is, is an injured mess, uh, finished the year as an injured mess as they typically do. Um, and I think that's really why the defense started to fail over the back half of the year is that the secondary started to get injured. And then if the secondary is injured, you can't rely on uh, as much man coverage to bring zero pressure uh, or to bring to have zero pressure you can't rely on the secondary and you need the secondary to yep. be good to bring like the exotic mike pet and blitzes and get something happening well the, the quarterback the attrition started on the on the defensive line yeah. early in the season God. you know wilkerson goes first and then daniels, daniels who was never healthy this season nope got behind him perry perry goes after that and so immediately you're down to down to Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry, and Kenny Clark couldn't could not maintain. Yeah, he got hurt despite despite his best efforts. Yeah, I mean, people were teams were bringing triple teams on Kenny Clark. He's a huge bright spot. He he's in so, he and he was handling yeah. triple teams like and still getting pressure and still set his career high for, for sacks. Yep. I mean, and then all of a sudden, like because early on you could see that there was at least going to be like the ability to get a little bit pressure on the quarterback from mm-hmm. Green Bay, like pockets weren't pockets weren't just straight up like Khalil Mack style collapsing. Yeah. But, but there was something. you knew you had to hurry. Yeah. You know, you knew you didn't have infinite amount of time. And then all of a sudden you had infinite amounts of time. And then that's when you start to really stretch that secondary out is when they have to guard for four or five seconds. Yeah. It's not just a play to play basis. It's a game to game basis yeah. of like those guys are just tanked. Yeah. And in Team started a game plan against it, especially with like New England. Like Josh McDaniels ran that offense in full s- speed mode. Is they didn't they didn't break for huddle. I think th- until like the second quarter. Is they just came out and just immediate no huddle, no huddle, no huddle, which didn't allow Green Bay to substitute. Which meant that ugh, the war of attrition is on, baby. And those guys are tired as yep. heck. And that's how you beat. The- that's how people teams would beat this Green Bay Packers team is don't let them substitute. And it's not like they have anyone worth substituting anyway. Yeah. And extend, extend plays. Yeah. And get your quarterback moving in space. And all of a sudden, yeah, no one's chasing him down. Ugh. It was a mess. It was a mess. I'm not going to recap the, uh, the score by score situation in this, in this lions game. Just let Absolutely it be known that, not. uh, the Packers did not score any points, and there was a sequence in the first half in which the Lions scored touchdowns on three consecutive possessions to make it twenty-one to nothing, and then that was that was absolutely it. And the only way that Packers possessions ended in the first half was through punts. Three of them were three and outs, and the team ran six plus nine is fifteen plus three is eighteen plus three is twenty-one plus three twenty-four plays in the first half. Hmm. That were not punts. My that, head hurts. Yeah, that's, uh, for those of you keeping score at home, uh, the Packers ran three more plays from scrimmage than the Detroit Lions scored points. 
hmm. in that in that first half. Bad. That, that is a meaningless statistic, Bad. but but I feel like it tells a story. Yeah. And that's an impressionist painting of a statistic right yeah. there. That is my Monet statistic of of the week. Like there it is. You can see you can glean the meaning from, from that which you wish. Yeah, from from an inconsequential detail. I don't have a ton more about this game. I have a lot more about the season. Sure. In I general. Don't, I don't, Mike, I don't <laughs> want to talk about this game okay. ever again. <laughs> if I see this score, if if someone sends me this ESPN link, I'll die. It's <laughs> My body will combust from the inside. It will burst into flames from the darkest depths of my soul. I never want to see this game again. The Packers defense made Zach Zenner look good. Hey, hey he's a South, South Dakota, Dakota guy. Yeah. He's good. They kept on, um, they kept on referring to him as like a scamperer or something. What did they? A jackrabbit. Jackrabbit. Yeah, SCSU yeah. jackrabbit. Before you went to school. Okay. South Dakota State University jackrabbit. I wanna, I wanna go out on a limb here and and say that, well, it's possible that Zach Zenner might be an NFL player. Yeah. He's not good. He's not good. No, no, he's an NFL player. He's been an NFL player for a few years now, but he's not good. And, you know, just just for comparison's sake, kind of a a question as to what the Lions are doing is that Zach Zenner looked good. Well, meanwhile, LeGarrette Blunt couldn't get past the line of scrimmage. Yeah, he looked washed. He looked he old looked as very dirt. finished. Yeah. <laughs> Which that was a question coming into it like Oh, Matt Patricia is a total genius. He brought in LeGarrette Blunt. Yeah, Great. he really, he really changed the whole team there. Yeah, yeah, that really, really changed. He knows it around. what he's doing. Ugh. Um, another thing of of note in this game, the re- one of the reasons why it was so absolutely awful, is that this was by far the worst broadcast team that I have ever heard broadcast a football game on television. I. I wanted to blow up my television. I wanted my television to die. I wanted. I never want to hear Pat McAfee's stupid voice again. That guy is so terrible. That guy. The amount of times I heard him say, now what was that name again? When somebody would say a name that he thought was funny. Yeah. Or like the amount of times that he just actually didn't know who somebody was. Where he was like, "Oh, I haven't heard that name. I should have probably should have done more research this week." Like, yeah, you, you should have. This is national television, buddy. It's not your freaking podcast. Yeah, now do your research. <laughs> that's the thing. That's the thing about it is that, like, I also do a podcast, and on this podcast, I flip, I flippantly say things like, "I don't care." Yeah, or like, or or have you know? I've gleefully admitted to the fact that like I don't know who Eddie Pleasant is. Sure, I mean I still don't. A former Texan safety, yeah. I think a fifth round draft pick. Not anything special. Not yeah. anything you need to know. And part of our interplay is that you know who this guy is and I don't. Yeah. But if you do that in a game, like I'm, you know, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go back on air on Friday for a for a big high school basketball game. And I did a season worth of football, like. You can't admit that you're stupid. Yeah, no, don't. When you're doing the games, because now this is this is my big thing is like, because it's one thing if I sit here on a podcast and I'm like, I don't know who Eddie Pleasant is, undrafted free agent. Yeah, I found, so. yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I keep using Eddie Pleasant as an example too, but like if I'm doing the games live, 
and I don't know who they are and I'm gleefully admitting to it as if that somehow is like like part of my shtick for that game. What I'm doing is I'm saying to the audience, I'm more important than these players and like their effort and their preparation and their their experience of this game is not as important as my presence in this booth is. It dishonors players. Yeah, and it's it's not respectful. This is not a comedy thing. Like, nope. you're not. I don't want you to be funny. I want you to give me information about these guys' backgrounds when something happens. Yes, I, we need. Have has he ever listened to play by play? Has he ever listened? That to was a my call? question. Like, has Pat McAfee ever watched an NFL game on television? Because uh, I don't know the things coming out of his mouth made me feel as though like that he was not familiar with no with televised football not at all and and it's what it kind of is to me is i mean pat mcafee is a barstool guy and part of barstool's appeal is to appeal to kind of like the trump demographic that doesn't really like any education or even the trump demographic but but like very much like the they're the maxim magazine yeah. Of sports talk. Yeah. And that like it's it's not even political, it's just sort of chauvinist. Yeah, sure. I mean, as much as like actually, you know, chauvinist has basically become a political party yeah. in, in twenty eighteen, now twenty nineteen, but that's a conversation for for a podcast I don't do. Yeah. When I when I say Trump demographic, I don't necessarily mean like Trump politically or Trump demographic as like a voting block. I think what I mean more is like the fact that kind of a huge part of the push for that kind of populist agenda has been like no intelligence, no education, like dumb it down, bring it down as much as possible. And that's what this felt like was this is just somebody it's football. It's just for the fellas. Yeah. And I was like, we're all get out of here. <laughs> it's not get out of here. It's not cool that you think that that's not your job right now. You have a platform to say that cool. Do that elsewhere. Do that on your platform. When you come on to like national television to do a play-by-play or color analysis job, do play-by-play or color analysis. Don't try and play the comedian. The only thing you're there for is like those folks on the field and their coaching staff and and bringing that to the audience. What he's there for is when somebody punts the football to be like, here's what's happening with the punt. So like when this happens, when he's dropping the ball like this, he's trying to do this. There's a situation where he thought that they were trying to cough and corner punt it with three seconds left. And he's like, that's a that's a bad punt. It's a bad punt by J.K. Scott. He puts it into the end zone. It's a touchback. There's no time left. He's trying Who to cares? kill, he's yeah, trying to kill he's trying the to last four timer. seconds. Yeah. So he kicked it nine seconds in the air. Killed the killed the half. And then he realized it and was like, And then he realized oh. it afterwards. It was like, oh, sorry, I guess I wasn't aware. I wasn't paying attention to the game. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? You're in the box watching the game. <laughs> as as absolute embarrassment and like i know i shouldn't expect more from from fox a network that i would love to work for someday yeah <laughs> but yeah. but the idea like like don't put these idiots don't don't poach from barstool don't give them a platform don't give them a better bigger platform than yeah. they already have don't put this blockhead on television He's got he's got an audience and the idea that like like Barstool doesn't need to be 
doing live NFL games in order to be relevant. They've proven that by the fact that they've never done a live NFL game and they're unfortunately very relevant yeah. in sports. And like football doesn't need barstool to be relevant in the fact that like football has existed for a long time without barstool. Like, so let's not mix them. Let's not put ketchup on the ice cream. No, God, no. Uh, all right, that is, yeah, that is, I, I just... I was watching uh, watching this game kind of by myself. It doesn't. My my wife doesn't watch the games when they when they don't matter. Yeah, she likes football when it's important because I think she just kind of gets into that like, yay space yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, so she wasn't watching this game. She was very much downstairs, not watching this game. Good for and her. She came up at some point and was like, "Oh wow, they're losing." Yeah. And then I was like, "Oh, and listen to this color guy," and sure enough, like. Pat McAfee uncorked some sort of like, like bare imitation of a football platitude, or he's just like, oh, you know, he's just stepping up and hitting them. He and, loves to hit somebody. I- Antonio Morrison, special teamer when I was in Indianapolis. He loves to hit someone. Yeah, he just, he just loves to hit someone. He's angry. He loves to hit someone. He just he said something really stupid like that, and the the eye roll <laughs> that yeah. that Amy uncorked just like. You're you're just afraid for her eye. It's a home run eye at that point because you cannot roll your eyes any harder. And it was like just completely genuine. And she just like she rolled her eyes, went and walked out of the room. Terrible, (laughs) like just atrocious. Like that's and like hi Fox. That's my cheeseheads in Chicago land. My wife watches football. Like you, you should take her into account when you decide who you're putting in those booths because frankly she has more spending power than i do (laughs) and you know like 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 i am going to watch football regardless i will watch every every game that the packers play you can put pat mcafee in every booth i would just mute it after a while yeah no to start i'll mute it to start but like you know he doesn't his paycheck doesn't get less because because I muted it, she'll just not watch it if yeah. you put stupid people in. She's the swing voter. Yeah, here she she's whose opinion matters. So that was, and you just feel bad, like just from a professional standpoint too, because you can hear the color guy. Yeah, that was Robert Smith who was dying. Yeah, just being. Like, he was God, just dying. Like, how? Who said this idiot can get in the booth? Yeah, who put this fucking he was asshole like in here? Stepping with on everybody's feet. Yep. Like, it was a obvious he'd never done this. He before. was letting the. He wasn't letting the play-by-play guy finish, which well, is the other thing. It's like the only thing that I ever want a color guy to do. I work with a lot of different color guys. I just tell him like, listen for my rhythm. If we haven't worked together before, yeah. Like, listen to my completed play rhythm, especially in in things like basketball and football where I'm going to give you room. I just need to get the, the setup for the next play out of my mouth. Yeah. In the case of basketball, it's usually like Snodgrass turns around and hits the two, 6.15 left on the clock here in the second quarter. Now, you know, crown point up by eight or some bullshit like yeah. that. I need to tell you the time and the score, then step in. And he just was not letting his play-by-play guy do that. And, like, it didn't get better. No. is the thing about it is that like I expect the first quarter to suck. Yeah. You know, when we've got a new team together, they just not they're just not going to know my my particular rhythm. Yeah. It's, it, especially if it's a new team and one of them has never done this. Before. Yep. Yeah. I I expect it to get better though because like 
how you play music or you do anything like this. It's not how you play frequently. It's how you listen. Yeah. And there's just the fact that that wasn't happening is just, you just feel bad for the play by play guy and the color guy after a while. Cause that play by play guy, I don't recognize him. Yeah. You know, I'm sure they were trying something yeah. for this broadcast because it was meaningless. It was going to have a small, a small audience. And yeah, I don't think there was anything particularly wrong with the play by play guy other than the fact that you can hear him die. Yeah. On, you can on hear the him. air. Nothing wrong with Robert Smith. I think he should get another chance, but, um, yeah. Never again. Please. Never, never again. What is it with funny punters? Uh, it's funny that he's a punter. Okay. Yeah, no, it's real. Because there was, there was the, um, McAfee was the Colts punter for yeah. a while. And he sort of had a, I guess like a, a good reputation around the league of like, this guy's funny. Yeah. And then there was the Vikings punter, whose name I forget. Clue. Cluey, yeah. yeah. Chris he was Cluey. very smart. Yeah. And he was more of like a, a like, he's more and more of those guys who's like, I know 16 ways of saying the F word. Yeah. You know, and that's yeah. fun. Yeah, funny. I mean, I, I don't want to lump Cluey in with McAfee because I think Cluey overall has, has proven that he's a lot brighter. He's a lot classier yeah. as well. Yeah. Than, Did you read his, his McAfee? The letter he wrote when he left Minnesota? Yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think they're, I don't want to lump them together, but like we have sort of a funny punter situation yeah. going on here. Like <laughs> those guys, the stereotype is so yeah, funny. Yeah. yeah, they can't they can't hit anybody, but oh, they can crack a choke. <laughs> oh, we need to take a break. I'm 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 upset about so many things from this game, and I'm upset about everything. Yeah, I'm I'm just angry about things at the moment. Um, yeah, uh, the Packers' last game of the season was terrible. Uh, Pat McAfee is the single worst person i've ever heard doing football broadcast on television and like that's i'm not overstating that at all no that's that's just part of why this game was so bad yeah. <laughs> it's uh, you chased my wife out of the room by saying one sentence just just and leave it at that so we're going to take a break uh before we do follow us on twitter we're at cheese Coggoland. i'm on twitter at mp fleischman he's on twitter at melon center we have a facebook group it's called Cheeseheads in chicagoland um, playoff plans. We're going to tell you about them when we come back from this break. So stick with us here on Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. Though. Sure. I think he I, seems like a little bit more of a a uh, one of those ideas guys. Yeah, I like. I want an ideas guy, baby. I want. I would like an ideas guy as well. Actually, I want a younger offense. I would not mind an ideas brain. guy because boy, that offense needs some ideas. The offense needs a lot of ideas, and I think Mike Pettin can be good as the defensive coordinator. I think he's got some ideas. I think he's got some ideas, and I think I think the biggest issue with the defense, especially over the back half of the year, was just like. There's eight starters out. We're playing. The Green Bay Packers are playing people that aren't supposed to play football. I should mention that this is, of course, Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. We're the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers. I'm Mike Fleischman. That's Matt Mellum Sutter. Um, 
So for the playoffs, we're going to keep this going as a weekly podcast. We are going to take a more in-depth look every week at some of the coaching candidates and just, of course, always just look back on the season and, and how it played out. There are some there are some interesting stories, I think, that we're going to learn in the next yeah. three or four weeks as to like what the heck was happening, especially like towards the middle and end of the season. I think we're also going to find out what exactly happened to Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And based on on what sort of surgeries he's about to have, yeah. you know, there are there are a lot of things that I think we're going to going to learn that's going to be very interesting. The coaching search is, of course, the thing that we're all paying attention to right now. Uh, Acme Packing Company today has Josh McDaniels as the the number one candidate for this position. I'm baffled at the idea that after both Denver and Indianapolis, that another NFL team would be expressing like any sort of interest in Josh McDaniels being a head coach in the NFL. Like, I do not know how many chances you give this guy because every time he stepped out of the Belichick umbrella, he has just, just face planted. Yeah. And in he's the case of twice. Denver, like he's like, they, yeah, they have they struggled <laughs> to yeah. clean up that mess, and Denver doesn't have a lot of other stuff going for it. They have you know, John Elway, yeah, terrible general man running the show, which that's going great, I'm sure. I love watching his like like dissatisfied little face and that giant head every time that the Denver Broncos are on television. It's just like John Elway's pursed lips get as much screen time as, yeah. as the offense. Half the time, there he is, the legend himself, looking angry. Looking upset with yeah. all of his personnel decisions. Yeah, there you have it. Uh, Yeah, McDaniels did a bad job. McDaniels was like 32 or something when he got brought in to lead the Denver Broncos. He was given full control of everything, uh, not just the team, but also like personnel decisions. It usually goes well when you're in your 30s. Usually goes great when you're young and getting your first chance as a head coach. Um, He used a first-rounder on Tim Tebow, which was bad, and everyone knew it was bad at the time. I forget that he was a first-rounder. Yeah, Tim Tebow was a high first-rounder. And then... um, As Tim Tebow would say, oh, my Lord. Oh, my sweet Lord Jesus. (laughs) Uh, And then McDaniels also traded away a first-rounder for an undersized cornerback named Alfonso Smith. Who had 88 career tackles? Uh, we call that the Ahmad Carroll decision. Yeah, yeah. I he traded a first rounder to get back into the second round to get him, which is not how you create long term success. Yikes! Um, I am a little bit higher on Josh McDaniels than you are. I would uh, I wouldn't mind him coming in as an offensive coordinator. Sure. I I don't think there's a way to get him away from well, yeah, New exactly. England. And still be the offensive coordinator. I just have a real appreci- appreciation for his w- the ways he used personnel. I mean, I, using Cordero, I, I do absolutely as well. Patterson, the way that he did last year, uh, to mimic kind of like using him on a gap runs to mimic like how he would return kicks and stuff when they ran out of good tailbacks. Um, the way the system that he runs is so much more efficient, like in no huddle stuff and. We saw that when the Patriots played the Packers, uh, they just steamrolled us with. He no does great decision. stuff with an offense. There's, yeah. there's no doubt about it. And it's also for the most part, as I understand it, like a lot of his brainchild, like a lot of the Patriots' offense, isn't Bill Belichick kind of lording over it. It's McDaniel's and his decisions and his. So I am from a particularly 
offensive standpoint, I really like Josh McDaniels. Does Josh McDaniels have the maturity and the ability to lead a locker room? I don't know. But if Mike Pettin is staying on as the defensive coordinator. I tell you what, if it had just been the fact that he like burned the Denver Broncos to the ground. Fine. A, a decade ago now or more. Like, yeah. All right. But the fact that he was just recently playing that game with Indianapolis as yeah. well. Yeah. Like that, that to me is, is that's, that's, that's where I, that's where I go. No. Yeah. Like, okay. You know, you get back under the, you know, you, you screwed up in Denver. You end up back with the Patriots and you're going to like, you know, reestablish your career. Like the next thing you do when you step out of Bel- Belichick's umbrella is to do is something to- similar quit like yeah. at the press conference before the press conference yeah that's that that to me is is the real real red flag of like didn't Belichick do that with the Jets or was it with the Browns I think no, it was he with was the fi- he was fired from the Browns fired from I think he took the Jets job and <laughs> said no thanks and then went to the Patriots all right so <laughs> I, yeah. I I I'm fine with McDaniels if a defensive coordinator stays on um, if Petten stays on as D- is DC, because I think McDaniel's can run the offense. I think McDaniel's can have the power over the offense that he wants, as long as he doesn't touch the defense. And I think kind of that mix of, especially with the weird Green Bay power structure, which I don't know is if it's going to get restructured after this season. I think it'll probably likely stay where both head coach and GM go to Murphy. Um, I kind of like kind of the the dissipation of power under the head coaching job is that McDaniels is offense only Patton handles the defense. Cause that was McDaniels biggest kind of issue in Denver was that he did everything himself is he wanted to do it all himself and he didn't trust his assistants and his team around him. And so I think we've learned a lot just in general in football that you giving the, the head coach GM powers doesn't work is insane is bad. It, it doesn't work in any sport. It never does. If 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 it's somebody like the head coach that has constant contact with these players and builds relationships with these players, really, really hard to fire them, really, really hard to quit on them, really, really hard to... You want to bring in your guys. You want to bring yep. in your people, and we see it. I mean, recently with the Minnesota Timberwolves, with Tom Thibodeau, but in, like, Philadelphia with Chip Kelly training away LaShawn McCoy for Kiko Alonso and, like, getting in his guys. Oh. That he knows and likes, and it's like you can't do that. That's not how you win. Build a winning football team. So, I'm cool with McDaniel's. I understand. I, I I get the Colts thing as a huge red flag, but I'm kind of like, this is why this is the job that he would turn that down for to wait on. Is this for the Patriots? Yep. That's it's it's aggravating because I think character is one of those things that you act you can and should control for yeah in in those kind of situations running a good offense would also be really nice yeah no i'm kind of like let's throw the character stuff out the window because he runs a nice offense (laughs) but i really do like adam Gase too and he seems like more of a it's surprising i'm shocked that the dolphins fired him what the the dolphins uh you're not gonna win if you start brock osweiler He's just for a huge chunk of the year. Osweiler his way to yeah. to a bad record. Yeah, Tannehill's been injured like each of the last three years. Like, yeah, Osweiler. and it certainly wasn't Adam Gase's idea to bring in Ryan Tannehill to be your quarterback of the future and then stick with him for like the last five years, despite no yeah. evidence that, that he's, he's any, any good. good. 
Yeah. I Adam Gase, I think, is my second option. I think I'm McDaniels. I'm a loose McDaniels number one, Adam Gase number two. Um, I wasn't recording. I don't think all of it. I might spl- <laughs> I might splice it together, but um, I like Marvin Lewis. Yeah. I, I can't believe the, the Bengals never gave him a roster that he could win with. Sure. And I think there's a... I don't know that you need to get the sort of offensive guru as your head coach. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the teams that are successful with crazy offenses that are new and exciting frequently, like those guys are in the shadows. They are Josh McDaniel standing to the side of Bill Belichick. Yeah. They're, you know, there's someone and Andy Reed there. Yeah. They, they're the offensive coordinator. They're the yeah. pass game coordinator. Yeah. They're Matt, the... Matt Nagy with the, the bears might be the, the lone holdout from that, but we, I still like, just because I don't like the Bears, maybe, but I'm still like I'm waiting for, for Matt Nagy's shine to wear off a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, the next time that Khalil Mack has to miss a stretch of four games or more, I think is exactly when that shine wears off. Yeah, because uh, that guy is making, that guy is making every other shit decision by the Chicago Bears disappear. Yeah, by just like standing in front of it. And I'm also at I, the moment. I mean, I still stand by this. The amount that the Bears gave up to get Khalil Mack is going to seriously impact their future prospects. Possibly, yes. I mean, to give up that many first-rounders, I mean, it's two years of first-rounders, right? If Khalil Mack plays every game for the next six years of whatever his contract length is, then none of that looks like a bad idea. But I don't think that's going to happen. No. Uh, Unless he's just... Unless he really is that that good, yeah, and not only like he's good when he's on the field, but he's also durable enough to stand up to six years of NFL football. Um, you know, stranger stranger things have happened, yeah. I suppose. But yeah, I wonder, I wonder why why your offensive guru needs to be your head coach, whereas you've got a guy like Marvin Lewis, who Marvin Lewis, I think, is has been one of the best players coaches out there mm-hmm. in the way that he has given second chances to some guys who it could be argued didn't deserve them, who have actually made themselves into like, you know, decade long NFL pros. Like who is going to let Adam quote Pac-Man and quote Jones play, you know, play in the NFL for as long as Adam Jones played in the NFL, if not Marvin Lewis, like who's going to give him that chance? Vontez Perfect is a fringe NFL player because he seems to not be sane. But yet Marvin Lewis has, I guess, kept him from dis- like Killing destroying someone. his own NFL career yeah. or someone else's. <laughs> and I, yeah, there's just, if you look at those Bengals rosters over and over, you keep asking yourself who, who is winning playoff games for this team? Like Andy Dalton is not. Yeah, no, Andy Dalton. It, it's the Andy Dalton line. He's like a, a healthy Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, Andy Dalton's kind of the line of like, can you win a playoff game with this quarterback? Andy Dalton kind of straddles that. Yeah, maybe with Khalil Mack on the other side. Maybe Andy if your Dalton defense goes to elite. a few Super Bowls. Yeah. yeah, but just as as it is, the way that Marvin Lewis has managed with out any sort of scandal without any sort of player revolt to be handed mediocre after mediocre roster, underwhelming team after underwhelming team. I mean, can you think of like a truly outstanding draft pick that the Bengals have made other than AJ green in the last like six years? 
like guys who have come in and like changed the way that their team works. Nope. It's just not there. Nope. And yet at the same time, like this is a team that's always sort of been in contention until the wheels absolutely fell off this year. Yeah. And Jeff Driscoll became yeah. the quarterback. That that'll that'll do it. <laughs> yeah, no, that'll do that's it. That's the that we have no wheels left quarterback option yeah. right there. And yeah, I guess I, I think I've I've just been I've always been impressed with Marvin Lewis. I've I've always I've made this point last year too in that like Look at how different the media plays it when Bill Belichick gives a guy a second chance versus when Marvin Lewis gives yeah. a guy a second chance. And why do you think one of them is lauded for it and the other one has a has a team with, quote, attitude issues? Yeah. Like, I've never seen a team with more attitude issues than the Patriots, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, are, filled with, they are filled with attitude issues. Yeah. And the, I think the difference is that they, they also draft well and they pay for players and they win football games yeah they win players they, they have robert Kraft, who's desperately interested in in winning yeah despite being some sort of weird old like 0.1 percent fossil mummy a bone man yes <laughs> man of bones and saggy skin yeah <laughs> he they bring him out of his crypt every once in a while <laughs> and they say sit in this press box watch the football game are they the accordingly. cheese fortune? Is he a cheese magnet? Is that that craft with the K? Whoa. Is it really? I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how he got his money. Either. Are you a cheese magnet? Are you the cheese man, Mr. Robert Kraft? Mr. Bob Kraft singles? <laughs> What's the report? He is the chief executive officer of the a diversified holding company with aspects in with assets in paper and packaging sports and entertainment real estate development private equity so no i don't think dang i don't think he's a cheese magnet dang remember when john Kerry was running for president and everyone made fun of him because like his wife was the ketchup heir heiress what yeah john Kerry's wife is a heinz really yes of the heinz ketchup family. i didn't know that i was i was a small boy when john Kerry was running for president. okay uh, so was I, but yeah. I was also in my 20s. <laughs> yeah. no, I was like six. <laughs> <laughs> ah, what is it with, with, what is it with industrialists who like make their money doing like nonsense garbage and then like get this veneer of respectability? Mm, the ketchup fortune. Yes, the, the, the McDonald's fortune. The like, condiment air. Like, how do you get to separate yourself from all that just with like, you made, a, a popular ketchup. Not a good ketchup. This is a class division in Chicagoland, my new podcast. The oh. kind of ketchup that everyone eats. Is there good ketchup or is there just ketchup? There's is there like fine ketchup? I don't know. I like I like ketchup on a French fry. I love ketchup. I eat I eat ketchup on a lot of things. Not weird things. I don't I will never put ketchup on an apple or on ice Does cream. Does it go on an egg? No. Okay. Good. Absolutely yeah. not. It'll go on a burger. I've seen that. It'll yeah, go on see, French not, fries. Yeah, I'm, I'm ketchup on fries, and that's yeah. pretty much where ketchup goes for me. But like, I, I, I just mean like mustard. There's like fancy mustards. Is there fancy ketchups? If there is, I don't know if I shop at the right grocery stores. Sure. To to find out if there's like actual fancy ketchup, what would it be like chunky? <laughs> would it still have the tomato pieces in it? Well, I mean, like, 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 I didn't ever think about how a mustard could be fancy, but like, yeah, there's true. real fancy mustards. Like, there's expensive mustards. Yeah, that are good. Uh, uh, God, 
Jesus. Do you remember when people made fun of, not people, Fox News made fun of uh, Obama for eating Dijon mustard? Yeah, it was the, a big, good, the it good was a mustard. Good, the good mustard. It yeah. was a big deal. That's when I learned that there's fancy mustards. The one that tastes good? Because I was like, wait, there's two mustards? There's a different kind that's not just yellow? And they were like, yeah, there's like a spicy brown. And there's like artisan freaking mustards. And I, I was like, like, oh, I like mustard a lot. I was like, what? Because there's like fancy everything. There's like fancy wine. There's like fancy. I bet there's a fancy ketchup. If there, if there is, I certainly have never, never tried it. I've never encountered it. Like, do they serve Heinz ketchup at a five-star restaurant? I've never, I've never asked for a ketchup at, at a five-star. I don't know. Sure, if sure, you shouldn't. Hey, yeah. Answer number one is probably don't. What uh, makes fancy ketchup so fancy? Okay. Asks this article. But it's just a picture of McDonald's fancy ketchup. Uh, only gives the ingredients for Hunt's, Heinz, and McDonald's, which gives me the appearance that there is no such thing as a fancy ketchup. I mean, I'm sure that you can go to like a Whole Foods or something and have a ketchup marketed to you that's that's organic or yeah, there are organic. no no added no added colors or or whatever. Organic ketchup variety five pack. Tomato puree, sugar, vinegar, salt. That's Restaurant ketchup style sriracha, vindaloo, added sugar. Vindaloo. Vindaloo ketchup. So curry ketchup. Oh, is that what that is? Yep. Okay. Well, I think we got our answer. Is not really. There's a few different kinds of ketchups, but not any real fancy ones. I mean, I do like a, you know, if if you're if you're experimenting, you know, a little a little mayonnaise ketchup sriracha mm. blend is pretty sure. good. What's ke- mayonnaise? Mayonnaise, ketchup, sriracha. What's the name for like mixing ketchup and mayonnaise? Mayo chup? Sure. Just the portmanteau? Yeah. I think is yeah, what no, I heard. I, I thought I had heard something like that, but I don't have to mix that. There's a Mr. Show sketch about mi- mixing mustard and mayonnaise. Ugh. That, yeah, I don't, I don't follow along with that other than the fact that Mr. Show is really funny. <laughs> I wonder if that show holds up. Um, I wonder if Josh McDaniels is the right candidate for the Packers. I don't know, job, but I hope so. I, yeah. I I hope he's I hope he interviews well and says that he learned a lot of things from his two previous mix-ups and that he's a much more mature okay. man and that he's not lying and doing it for the interview and the money. That he's actually telling the truth. This is this is a team with a lot of young players that need that need to find some stability because yeah. The, the you know the tablecloth got ripped off the table the table got upended this year yeah uh the packers they need a new offense oh my lord <laughs> they need they they needed a new offense two seasons ago yeah they they need a fresh idea they need guys and again like i've said it on here before like watch watch a 5 minute highlight roundup of the nfl every week and you'll just get treated to what the Packers do not have right now, which is a rhythm passing game. Yeah, that is that that is used to like create running lanes for for a running game. That's how the NFL works nowadays. Is that rhythm passing sets up running opportunities for the most part. Even teams with great running backs tend to do it that way. In that, like first down, has become sort of. First down is your 50-50 down of like you're, you might run it a little bit, especially if you get into a good rhythm with a couple of consecutive first downs. Mm. But short passes and passes, slants and and quick, yeah, 
quick underneath routes have become how you get things done and quarterbacks that have the fundamentals to like take a three step drop three step drop make one and a half reads and whip and it out whip it in there yeah are are the ones who are being successful right now and boy yeah boy do i want to see some i would love to see that i want to see something i want to see the packers do something that resembles how the rest of the league is currently being successful. Yeah, because like what the Packers offense has kind of relied on over the last few years has been Aaron Rodgers throwing into two-yard windows, throwing a covered back shoulder throw with a receiver that is able to make that adjustment and stepping out of bounds. What we haven't seen really is guys getting open on a quick route and immediately being open right away. It's been let Aaron scramble around and have guys come back to the ball and that's how they're getting open, or Aaron's throwing them open on into six-inch windows from 30 yards away. It hasn't been, like, manufactured looks, and which that, is how the rest of the yeah. league is getting points. The X factor will come back, too. If, like, if you have a creative offense that runs in rhythm and runs on timing, and, and you get, get Rodgers to buy um, into that... yeah. Like then you have an X factor of like when a play breaks down or when a pocket collapses or when all of a sudden you sent someone coming from the weak side, then your scramble drill will start working a yeah. little bit more. But like, you know, your game plan can't be scramble drill. Yeah, the game plan and the game plan for years now has been just scramble drill, pray Aaron hits the deep shot. Ugh. Which is not how you do it. Which is not how you do it at all, especially with guys like this young receiving core. I mean, especially in the last few games we've really seen it with MBS and EQ getting a huge share of the touches is that or the snaps is that they don't come back to the ball. They don't know how to do the scramble drill. They'll keep floating deeper and deeper yeah, they and deeper. Go deeper. And you'll see Aaron like waving furiously, like, come back, please come back. Because I can't throw it forty five yards right now. I'm rolling left. Like the scramble drill is dependent on guys coming straight back to the football, is realizing the play is done and then rushing back to the football, and that's how you'll find a little bit of space, and that hasn't been happening yet. And there's only really one guy left on the roster that knows how to do it besides Devontae Adams. It's Randall Cobb, and I don't think he'll be back next year. Nope. Not a chance. He had his lowest receiving yards total since he was a rookie. I think he's gone. I think some other sucker of a team will pay him $10 million a year, and I think the most the Packers should even consider is about three or four. Yeah. I was thinking of like he could be dangerous on the right team, but I think it's greater odds that he becomes a dolphin. Yeah, I think yeah, I think great odds that he becomes a dolphin or a, a uh, San Francisco Forty Nine er. Yep, and is the third receiver, fourth receiver, and kind of fizzles out at a on a huge contract. Big question. Sure, <laughs> I'm gonna miss Randall Cobb just because he was he used to be good. Yeah, and we all remember that. Used to be fun. Huge questions this off season, in that there there have been. We've we've talked about it before, of course. The you hope that the draft brings you an edge rusher and a, a lineman or two. Yeah, in edge that, rusher and an offensive tackle. I think that has to be that has to be sort of a a priority if you look at the squad, but also like. The safety, the safety spot is is wide open. Just there's so much, and that Lions game didn't 
didn't answer a single question. <laughs> no, it kind of made it worse. Yeah, other than other than the fact that like, is the current status quo going to cut it? No. Nope. No, it's really no, not. No, it's really, 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 really not. Yeah, this is this has been one of those one of those Packer seasons that I don't think we've seen in so long in that you Since... can't you can't pinpoint one thing. You know, last season you could say, well, Rogers broke his collarbone. Yeah. And it became the Brett Hundley experience, which was not a good experience. Yeah, didn't which didn't was a bad well. experience. This year this year was a different thing altogether in that the the management of the team tried to turn turn the team's personnel groups around in some significant ways. Some of the answers that they had were were not great. Yeah. Didn't hit. Yep. I think you know Jair Alexander hit, but trying to replace Jordy Nelson with three late round draft picks at wide receiver not and, do it. and Jimmy Graham, which Wow, Jimmy Graham, it's the numbers the numbers say that he had a decent season. Yeah. He looked awful. Yeah, I, I thought he was fine. I I I thought he didn't really ever get looked at. It, it, he was given so much double attention because so often you didn't have to worry about the guy opposite of Devontae Adams. Is it was really like he was the defense's second option was to take away Jimmy Graham over the middle. Is worry about Devontae Adams, shade of safety over on Devontae Adams. Take away Jimmy Graham across the middle and know that EQ or MVS on the outside is not going to win against anything at all. You can one-on-one and be fine. Yeah, 55 catches for Graham this season. It was just like he just never looked at all explosive. And for a guy who just turned 30. Yeah. Like I I expected, I expected a little bit more of like, like some of the Jimmy Graham, the athlete that we have not seen in forever. Like he didn't, his top speed is, is slow. Yeah. Yeah. And he's almost completely grounded now, which is like the, the idea was that the weapon is that he's got decent hands, great explosiveness and leaping ability. Yeah on top of all of it and that his catch range is eight feet in darn air <laughs> or more. Yeah. And that he's able to like actually get up beyond people as well as being six, eight. And that's just not, it just yeah, wasn't really there. We never really saw him be a prime red zone target, which is kind of what his game plan coming in was supposed to be. Yep. A lot of, yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of questions to be answered. This is going to be a, a, a very strange off season. I mean, some of the some of the exit interviews have to be like you know we talk about how this team tried to turn over its roster from last season to this season. Yeah, uh, the same sort of thing is going to happen because some of these guys, some of these Ted Thompson guys, mm-hmm. are in are in a situation where like it's. I think in the case of a guy like Kentrell Bryce. Like it's not a question of whether or not he's going to be a Packer. He's probably not. It's probably a not question of whether or not he's going to be an NFL player ever again. Which is probably not. I mean, Nick Perry is better than Kentrell Bryce, but at yeah. the same time, like there's a guy who they backed the truck up for, and there's very, very little. There's not been a return. Yeah, there's... we haven't seen a single return. It's not that he hasn't lived up to it. It's that there's been no life at all. 
Yep. Uh, for years now, and he's still under contract for like two or yeah. three more years. Like we're not getting him off the books for another year. Uh, Clay Matthews uh, finished probably the worst season of his career. Um, his lowest total sack three and total. a half sacks. Um, didn't ever really look explosive. Occasionally was able to get some consistent pressure, but really never was successful at all. I think he's gone as well, unless he's willing to come back on like a vet minimum. I think he's, I think he's gone though, and some team's going to give him like much like Randall Cobb. Some team's going to back the truck up for him. Some Dolphins type team is yeah. going to be able to sell a lot of jerseys if they. Bring Clay Matthews in. He's still in like national ad campaigns. Yeah, no, he's still a big deal. Like people yeah, still he's a very big deal. Love Clay Matthews, even though he's terrible. Uh, he had an awful season. Yeah, no, he's 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 gone. He's done. He's he's gone. And I think the thing is, like, when you say he had an awful season, it's a lot based on on what you pay him for. Yeah, because he was good. Like he the was Packers a- were good against the run this year, except in like the spaces in which they were not. Yeah, when. You know, after after a lot of their their run stoppers had, yeah. had gone out, he was he was good against the run. This was not a team that you could run off the edge with, despite no. there being you know limited. I think all of their outside linebackers played that scheme very well. I think that's part of why you have to keep Petten back is that the team generally didn't let the run gash them, but. You don't pay Matthews money for a run-stopping outside linebacker. No, you pay Math. You're paying Matthews. Those guys are like, affordable. <laughs> you're paying Matthews like prime pass rusher money, and yep. what he is is a good like rotational piece, like a good rotational, sometimes rushing the passer, pretty yeah. good in run defense. He got outplayed by Kyler Fackrell. Yeah, and Kyler Fackrell is not good and should not get a contract yeah. extension. Like those numbers are false. Those numbers are Nick Perry before his $60 million extension numbers. Those are not, I mean, like eight of Kyler Fackrell's sacks, I think it was actually six, but came in two games. Over half of his sacks came in two games. That's not consistency over a full year. That's racking up sack totals against the Buffalo Bills and other bad teams. (laughs) I don't trust that. Wow, <laughs> this was this was one heck of a year to play the AFC East as well. Yeah, Jesus in that right. You know, two of two of your wins on a six win team come against the Bills and the Jets. Man, the Patriots have had it easy for years. Oh my goodness, the the that just getting a look at that division. So bad. Yeah, Dolphins, Bills, Jets. Oh my goodness, good lord. That's just. I mean, those are those are teams where like you can see. You can see for the Bills a path upwards in that sure. they have they at least have some they have some guys who I think are real quality defensive players. Yeah. And they seem to have, have they seem to be in a situation where they've kind of gotten rid of some of the, the idiots who are signing those terrible yeah. players. But at the same time, like you know, the Jets are the Jets are two seasons away from getting rid of some of these guys the Jets, who are yeah, absolutely awful. The Jets are awful. just atrocious. The Jets are going to be bad for a long time. Yeah. The the Dolphins appear to be completely disinterested in, in contending. Yeah, that's at, a Miami At any thing. point, yeah. That's that's how they do things down there. But my goodness, the Patriots are just feasting on this stuff. I mean, meanwhile, look at the NFC North this year. This was a, this was a division that the Vikings couldn't hang in. Yeah, this is a division that... Jesus Christ, imploded in parts. Yep. The Vikings, I mean, just blew up without Pat Shermer. Um, and Kirk Cousins had a decent year. I think he was 29 and 10, 4,200 yards. 
Yeah, didn't. I don't think he's a bad player. I, I don't think, think he's, he's bad at all. I think I think he's probably worth the money. Just didn't show up in the right times, and that de- the Vikings defense kind of collapsed, and the whole the wheels fell off the whole Vikings train. And meanwhile, you know, you got the Bears shocking everybody. They are they're an interesting playoff team, and that you have to be scared of what yeah. they're able to do to you. Yeah, I mean. I think if they play a team that has a good defense, I don't think they'll be able to outscore anybody. I think a team with a decent offense will be able to outscore the Bears. Um, but my, they could probably they they'll probably beat the Eagles. They take the ball away. Yeah, to me that's that's another thing I was thinking about on the way here is is the biggest the Packers defense didn't take the ball away from anyone. No, this They're, year and that was. That is again another matter of of like that's that's what separates the good defenses from the ones yeah. the, from the bad defenses and that yeah the offense didn't put up a ton of points for the Packers but they put up some they did outside, outside of this last game but like if you go stretches of games where you don't take the ball away yeah you can't succeed you just cannot succeed like yeah. if teams are going to get yards yeah nowadays like that will that is not changing. That's the new reality of the NFL is yeah. 400 yards of offense. Every game. Every game, whether you're good or not. Yeah. That is that is how the game is changing. I think I think that just puts more and more pressure on defenses to for takeaways and turnovers. That yeah. has to become more of a, a central focus of, of defense. Yeah. In that, like, the steel curtain isn't coming back. Yeah, you're not holding teams to 50 yards of offense anymore. It's They're going to find a way to get down the field and make an impact in that aspect. You have to stop them from scoring by taking that ball away. And we didn't see any of that. Last question for the Packers. Who is going to be the new special teams coordinator? Oh, anybody. <laughs> anybody. Anyone. 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 Um, I don't know. Anybody. The, the, I think the, the coup de grace of this season was the... Uh, was nobody on that fake field goal touchdown that the Lions ran. Nobody went with that tight end. Yeah, Josh Jackson's coverage. Yeah. He didn't pay attention. Nobody had any idea. Yep. Jackson, Jackson, a rookie, but my goodness, someone else on that field. Point him out. You know, yeah, point him out. Be back to him. Because like, that's, that's the simplest thing. Like, oh, I've got to run off the field. Oh, I stopped running. Like, no, go with that. Yeah, <laughs> go with no, that go guy. Go with him. You know, count count the huddle beforehand if you need to. Like, yeah, like there are there are roles on special teams that just weren't being fulfilled at any point. Special teams was so often this team's downfall. I mean, how many times did a bad fumble cost this team seriously yep. something? I mean, it was like two or three weeks in a row at one point. Ugh. Just bad special teams. It got Jamon Moore benched. It got Ty Montgomery sent off. Just a complete inability to find someone who could cleanly catch a football and not do anything dumb with it on kickoffs and punt returns. That was amazing. And that was, you know, they, they tried to get Trevor Davis back. It, it was so bad. Yeah. Yeah. It was so bad that they needed to, to try to bring Trevor Davis back, who has been like the best thing that you can say about Trevor Davis now is that like, he's better than he's better than these other guys. Yeah. Yeah. No, he didn't go to jail for a mom threat. Nope. So no, he, good for him. He, he didn't fumble. Yeah. He didn't fumble. He just got hurt. Uh, yep. Which is, I guess, not better than fumbling, but uh, better for his career prospects, maybe. And there's so much, like, I think that's just another aspect of the Packers that's outdated in that, like, the the Devin Hester era is over. I yeah. don't think there's ever going to be another 
another all pro no or you know hester's a hall of famer yeah <laughs> but like they're i don't think they'll ever be just another pro bowl a game changer who or a game changer at all who does it based on special teams return like the return is it's dying and it should be yeah, dead. It's, an anachronism. It's, the most, it's the most violent play in football it's the one that the most players get hurt on i don't think it should exist anymore i think we just start the wall with the 25 i'm I mean, how many times have you seen like any sort of exciting thing on punt returns that now blocking the back or holding calls every single time? Bring those back every single time. Like it's just an aspect of the game where like I don't know if I'm mad at the holding calls being called so much as I am mad at the fact that like the NFL persists in in saying that this is something you can do. Yeah. Except don't. Yeah. So and uh, yeah, I don't I don't know that there'll ever be another game changing special teams player. I think it's just, it's a, it's a odd, it's an odd, the game is in flux. Football changes all the time. It's not a, it's not a set game. This is not baseball. Yeah. But it's a, it's a part of the game where things have changed around it and left special teams kind of as a, a very, a very underappreciated third phase. Like the kicking part of it is still good. Yeah. Kicking part of it has only gotten better. I mean, kickers have just built mega legs. Like a 50-yarder is like almost a gimme now. Yeah, the, the way 50-yarders used to be used to be thought of, and, and you've got you know, kickers who have stuck around for as long as yeah. they have doing this kind of thing. I remember when the Minnesota Vikings were more than happy to trot out like 45-year-old Morton Anderson, yeah. who like anything past 40, 40, 45 was a question. Yeah. And that was fine. Yeah, and that was great. That was yeah. incredible. Yeah, they were happy to have it. That was money. He had that single bar helmet. Yeah. God, <laughs> God that. Yeah, that, that, was, that was how, how the kicking game worked. And just, yeah, it's another, another aspect of the game where Green Bay needs to get themselves back into this decade. And, yeah, Ron, Ron Zook's squads were just atrocious year They were ready year. to play. Year, and that's what the entire Green Bay Packers teams were, were just not ready to play. I mean, quite plainly, the offense and special teams always came out every week looking like they had no idea what was happening. And that's, that's I think, where we have to close the door. The, sure. 27, the 2018 regular season is is over for the Packers. It was it was a tough one. Mess. Yeah. There's, there's, there's good. There was bad. There was a lot of bad. There was a small amount of good. It was... It was an absolute mess. Yep, close close the laptops on it. Uh, we're in the playoffs now. Yeah, we're gonna. I know I'm gonna be following the Bears with some interest. Yeah, they've become a they've become a watchable team, and not in the way that like, you know, I'm not gonna become a Bears fan. I promise you that. Sure. But the extent to which they are. They're fun to root against right now. In that, like, they have become very dangerous yeah no they're fine they've they're good for the first time in and they're fearless. 10 years they're absolutely fearless yeah they have no idea what their own limitations are and they do not care and they play through them and it's and really do whatever it's really something yeah no it's, it's they've they've got themselves yeah, no. on a mighty tear it's it's something to make it into the playoffs with the quarterback that doesn't throw the football <laughs> it really that, is like, can't throw the football a quarterback who's like so bad at throwing the football that his second read is stuff shit run. Yeah. His second read is not is not throwing the football. Yeah. Yeah. He's 
yeah, they're they're a fascinating team in that their flaws are just so clearly evident, and they win. Yeah, despite them. Yeah, and that that's why I I I, I really think that next year will be the the testing point for the Bears. Oh yeah, is like now that a team has now that teams have sixteen games to tape, they know what Nagy does in situations because it's oftentimes just plain as day. I mean, in the Packers Bears game, you could tell when they were going to fake punt it. It was it was plain as day obvious. I sent it to a group text three minutes before it happened. Nagy's going to fake punt here. Then he fake punts. It's what the Bears are going to do is so clearly and obviously they play their hand before it ever pops up. They get their hand in poker. They go all in, show their cards. Yeah, they're they're really they're devoted to their their weirdness. Yeah, <laughs> which. That's another thing. Like, there's there's just such a boldness about it. Yeah. In that, like, the conventional play is never the right call for them. Yeah. Because their team is not built around playing conventionally. Oh, no. They don't have... They, the 10-yard out doesn't exist because that oh. ball can't be thrown. That ball cannot be delivered. Yeah, like, the triple reverse to Tariq Cohen, who then throws it. <laughs> yeah, that's... Tariq Cohen might be better at throwing the football yeah. than yeah, Mitch yeah. Trubisky. He, he might be. That's uh, that's where we're going to leave it for this week at Cheese Eds in Chicagoland. Um, that's it for the regular season. Um, we'll be back. We'll talk about the playoffs. We'll talk about the Packers coaching search. Uh, stick with us all through the playoffs. We're not going to get into off-season mode until probably after the Super Bowl. I want to see if I can do a Super Bowl party this year. Okay. I've, That'd be I've, fun. Uh, I've missed out. I've had work obligations last couple of years. Mm-hmm. For it, but my, my thing is I like to make a bunch of tamales and then have people over Ooh. and watch the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like yeah. bring bring the TV up from the basement into the living room. That and, sounds fun. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. So um yeah, that's uh that's gonna do it for Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. Thank you all very much for listening to our humble podcast in this the twenty eighteen regular season. We'll be back next week for uh postseason episode number one and that will be episode number thirty. Yeah, overall, wow. which is uh, which is impressive. Which is a lot. Yeah, uh, happy New Year, everyone. It's twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen, which um, I'm sure only interesting things are going to happen in this year. I, I hope it'll be a good year if I never hear Pat McAfee's voice. Oh my god! Honestly, yeah. <laughs> that's all I'm asking for. Please, please don't ever let me turn on a, an NFL broadcast and hear Pat McAfee ever again. Um, oh my god, head cheese head. <laughs> Of of the week against the Detroit Lions. Fucking nobody. <laughs> I wish we would have forgotten it. This is the one week I wish we would have forgotten it. I know. Uh, Devontae Adams? Yeah, no, Devontae. You get it, buddy. Congratulations. Hey, you almost, if you were healthy, you would have broke the record. Yeah, I didn't play a snap in this game and had the best overall performance. Jesus <laughs> Um... Should should people do a thing, man? Should they? Hey, cheesy. Whatever. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs>